It's Cecilia and Megan. Let us distract you while driving, cleaning, working out, or not working out. Actually, what in the dang heck? Just grab a drink and chill. It'll be like eavesdropping and a girl's night, all wrapped up into one. Good morning. It's Friday night here. <laughs> it is late. It is a ripe 8.30 p.m. Yeah, for this both is of gonna us. Be, this is, okay. you guys know what it's like to listen to us past 8 p.m. So this is... <laughs> You're in for it. You're in for a treat. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, we're actually back in the same time zone now too, which is super cute. I know, what a novelty, right? <laughs> So I'm I'm drinking um a, from Tuesday half of my leftover pumpkin spice latte and I put it in the fridge and so now I'm drinking it cold. It's Friday. Yeah. Is yeah, that okay? It. Yeah, it should be fine. I mean oh, okay. I haven't taste I mean, yeah. I actually haven't <laughs> taken a sip yet. I was like waiting <laughs> so we started, but so okay, trick. When you order on the app, you can kind of choose like how many pumps of stuff you want. Mm -hmm. And I usually would do like two pumps pump. Usually it's always like if there's a flavor in a latte, it's three pumps of that flavor. And so what I'll do is I'll decrease the pumpkin to two and do like one of vanilla. But this time I did one of um, toffee or toffee. I think it was toffee nut. Okay. And it was really great because the salted caramel mocha, which Mm. I don't, I haven't been seeing, but that's always been my favorite is always done with the toffee nut syrup. Um, so it was pretty good. I recommend playing around with things, you know, you never know (laughs) adding a little vanilla to your pumpkin spice latte, what it will do to you. (laughs) I'm just hooked on a chai. You can't get me to get off the chai hook. So (laughs) Yeah, Megan and her chives, but the pumpkin cold foam, you are obsessed with that stuff. I am. And today yeah. we went on campus to do a study, like a work date. We weren't studying for Jack. We were working and I, they were out of every single breakfast sandwich. It was 8.30 a.m. Every single breakfast Auburn sandwich. There was like kids. nobody there. And we're walking around campus and there's like nobody on campus either. I'm like, wow, geez. And it was Friday. So most people don't schedule classes on Friday if they can get around that. So I was just confused. And then I said, you know, my normal order, which it, for, I'll just say it because I get asked probably once a day what it is. So here you guys go. <laughs> You're on your way to work. <laughs> Grab yourself one. Um, it's an iced chai latte with brown sugar and pumpkin cold foam. And I asked for that and she goes, we're out of pumpkin cold foam. And I was like, what the crap? And so I was like, okay, that's fine. Just the brown sugar. And in my head, I was like, well, saved like a dollar eighty anyways. So whatever. It's like literally two dollars. It was good because that's what I normally get throughout the rest of the year, but it just didn't hit the same. I was like, is it fall? I don't think it's fall. Like (laughs) No, it is now. The optumnal equinox. Oh, are you celebrating now? Yeah, I am. (laughs) Um 
And I'm so mad because the song September, I think it's yeah. by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Is that what it, who it's by? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't play it yesterday. I'm so sad. And, and that actually kind of brings me into a heck yes is yesterday I was emceeing a conference in Denver. Water I was a girl. Christian. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Christian C-suite leadership summit. And it was at, if anyone's familiar with the Denver area, it was at the bougiest country club I've ever been to. Um, <laughs> it was at the Cherry Hills country club and it was, it was really incredible, but um what were we talking about? Fall? September? Oh yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. It was September 21st. And I had in mind that like I was gonna ask them to play that song before I went on with my opening oh. remarks. And it I completely it just completely left you. Left me. But I mean that really would have set the vibe, you know. It would have. It would have. I can just like I mean I guess oh, missed mind. opportunity I know I feel like I could have been a little cooler if that song was playing <laughs> <laughs> like cool points boosted except you're saying like c-suite business summit cherry hill whatever and I'm thinking wow this girl is literally out of my league <laughs> oh my well here's the thing it was like people in like people majority of people I would say would be like average age 45 so they would all know that song you know That's like true. that would be songs I mean I don't know when it came out I don't want to age anyone 45 but I assume it kind of came out in it's a little bit more their song than it is our era song. right yes yeah and it was September 1st oh. so um anyways but but anyways yeah my heck yes that was great I was so nervous to do it because obviously you're not I, 45 Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was honored to be asked because the whole conference was really about like how to navigate woke ideologies within the business mm. world and how to do navigate that within companies, deal with it within HR, where we see it going, if anyone's in the finance world, how ESG is coming into play here and all mm. those things. So yes. it was ESG. <laughs> for sure <laughs> and DEI and all the things yeah so, yeah mm -hmm. all the acronyms <laughs> so anyways that was good but my but my um my other heck yes I wanted to say is I found a new a nail girl I've never okay. had a nail girl where I live in Kentucky but I found one and she does she just like does it privately so it's not like a okay. salon she like rents a room in this cute Oh, cute. Salon thing. Yeah. And um, my waxer has the house and then they rent out different little rooms to women who have their businesses. So like that's one cute. Room's a massage, the other room's nails, the other one's like waxing. Wow. And so, and then one's going to be a photographer. So it's really cute. It's me. Surprise. It's you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyways, she is the only person within a hundred miles. She was telling me that does this type of nails and it's becoming really popular, but it's called gel X and they're vegan and non-toxic. And yeah. It's starting to sound like me a little bit. Well, <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, when it comes to beauty stuff, you've already been on that train. So yes, yes. On that train. Um, but yeah, they're really great. And what's interesting about them is it's not like, obviously I get the tip, you know, right. Like, usually I would get tip and a dip. Right. Right. But now the gel X, it comes like almost think of a stick on nail. Like it's the yeah. full 
nail. So it's not just a tip. They put on the full nail and then it soaks off, which is really great. So it's really great for your nail and they're not going to use, they're not going to buffer thing. No. Yeah. They're not going to like ruin the the integrity of the nail. Like we've talked about before. Like my nails have integrity. Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) they're lying, cheating little guys. (laughs) But yeah, anyways. Okay. What's your head guess? Uh, My head guess is just Plato's closet. I feel like I've been sleeping on it or I forgot about it or something. I used to go all the time during high school and I just hadn't gone in forever. And I every time like I grew go, out, like, did we I did, I did too. I mean, I walked in with my kids and pregnant and everyone else there was in college. And I was like, hello. Hi. This is also where I want <laughs> to <me>. shop. <laughs> and I mean, there definitely are. There is an absurd amount of, they're not even crop tops anymore. Like it's not it's even a, a crop. It's a bra with sleeves on it. Like that's, that's what it was. And so there was where there was an absurd amount of those, but there was also so many free people pieces, so many fun. It's like a nicely curated thrift store, to be honest. Yeah. Because it's just like used clothes, but only like good used clothes and like brand known good clothes. And so I was just really happy and I want to go back, but I also did feel kind of out of place. It was a weird experience, but I I scored, scored big. So I'm not mad about it. Um, I was really looking for a white dress for, I almost said his name, baby boy's baptism, baptism. because the girls both have re- those really pretty white ones from petite Mason, mm-hmm. the little heirloom ones. And then Avery just got a three piece suit. So I'm like feeling really out of place here. Like I'm not going to fit in. <laughs> Everyone looks so good. And so I was looking for a white dress and I found one, um, that's really cute and has the same kind of sleeves wow. as the girls. I know. Um, and then I also found, I don't know if you've seen like the free people. It's kind of like a sports bra looking top, but it's kind of like a crop top. Like it's fitted. I sent yeah. you the link of the ones that I wanted and they're like $30 a pop. Yeah. And I got like two of them for $5. So I got some of those. Wow. The one, the thing I'm wearing right now is just like a Terry cloth free people sweater thing that's brown. So it's my color theme. <laughs> so I'm bland. <laughs> um. <laughs> And then the two-toned button-up that I was wearing today on my story. I don't know if you saw it. Where was that? Like, is it Free People? No, that's not Free People. I don't know. I didn't recognize the brand. I walked past it and was like, oh, I really like that. But the material is one of those materials where, like, if you spilled anything on it, it would stain all day until you figured out how to get it out. And I was like, I have kids. That feels really impractical. But then I thought about it the whole time I was walking around and I was like, you know what? I'm getting it. It's like $10. I'm getting it. <laughs> yep. It's like what you're just, you just need to sacrifice one pumpkin cold foam. And really you're or, breaking or just, or just, yeah. Wow. Okay. I thought we were still talking about the spilling leaks, but we were talking about price tags. Um, oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, or just get a, get it when I'm not with the kids and the chance of spilling are less likely. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways. So heck, heck no. My heck no is that now that it's officially fall, um, I am not feeling really in the mood to put up fall decor yet. And I'm trying to really dive into the deeper meaning here of what's going on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, feels like a lot of work right now. I haven't unpacked from Japan. My living room is a disaster. There's spiders everywhere. 
and I need to get the courage to go into my basement into the unfinished storage room, which mm-hmm. not a soul has been in there, but also maybe a soul has been in there because <laughs> I haven't been down there in a long time. So we don't know. Maybe someone living in there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, because I didn't have like when I go to Japan for a shorter time, I don't have anyone move into the house, you know? Right. right. So that's there's just like more spiders than usual and stuff. So I'm feeling a little, there's like a lot going on. Like a lot of things are yelling at you and fall decor is like the last voice in the back. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But also like another thing, this is really random. I'm just saying this. So I remember to do it when I'm editing the podcast is I need to get someone to clean out my gutters. I need to hire a gutter gutter guy. Oh, it's about that time of year. We it's talked about this last time, last year. I'm writing it down right now. Gutter guy. Gutter guy. Gutter guy. Uh, we have never hired a gutter guy. So I'm like, maybe we need to do that because yeah. it's now been twice for you and we've been living in our house longer. So yeah, your gutters are going to rip out of the wall. They're going to be so heavy. <laughs> There's nothing in them. I can see them from the window. There's no leaves? Sticks? No. no couple tennis oh. balls from the old other family's dog oh well then you probably don't need it i you know i have big old trees that that's true cover that's my true house. yeah um love hate love but. hate <laughs> they're no, okay really pretty. Well, they are they are i wish they turned orange but they just seem <laughs> to be green to brown um anyways heck no meg uh my heck no is just sitting down uh, uh by the time that this <laughs> comes out i'll be like 38 weeks pregnant and so just anytime i sit down these days i just get like a tight stabbing. How is it? She's taking a sip of the latte for the first time. Ooh, what was that? Was there hair in it? <laughs> we don't know what that was. It's a chunky orange thing. Well, maybe it's the milk. It's been four no, days. No, no. I think it. I think it might be like sticky pumpkin. Maybe like you know when they put. I think they put like little pumpkin shavings on top. Oh. Did they do that? <laughs> Keep it. I, well. Oh, well i don't know gonna, i finished it so we're just gonna go oh okay over there <laughs> okay <laughs> i just i'm just in pain anytime i sit down it like i just if i'm not in pain upon sitting down i'm just kind of anticipating it to just kind of come out of nowhere and then it's just under my right rib in the front and the back super cool so um, are something... you officially you're officially 38 weeks when when this comes, this out? comes out i'll be 38 weeks tomorrow like tuesday actually Actually, well, I mean, what does actually mean as far as due date? Like that when they asked for the first day of my last period, that was a ballpark guess. Okay, but so I thought you said like, you were getting. Oh no, your ultrasounds next week. Sorry, I'm getting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I just learned the actual like. I I knew that. I always heard people talk about like, oh, when you're pregnant, they it's actually like 38 weeks when you're when you're giving birth because the doctors say it's 40 because they give you two weeks or whatever. And I was so confused by that all the time, but I just had someone explain it to me. Okay. And how it is, is that obviously we know that typically you ovulate two weeks after your period started. Okay. Correct. So to the doctor, they ask, when was the when was the day of the first day of your last period? Yes. 
and they track from there. But yes. we know that it's impossible to get pregnant the first day of your period because there's no egg there, right? Right. So right. the egg drops usually around two weeks after. So right. it's like they, to us, it's like, no, no, no. Like our due date would actually be yeah, two weeks later. But yes. to the doctor, it's like, no, we're going to give you two extra weeks because full term can actually be 38, not 40. Right. But, but them, it can also 40. be 42 because of how we do the math. Right. So yes, which would be 40. Yeah. Uh, 30. Do you see what I mean? Like there's a two. Their 38 weeks has the extra two weeks kind of already thought of. No, their 40 weeks has the extra two weeks thought of. Okay. Well then how come by the time you're 38 weeks, they consider you full term? You are full term at 38 weeks because they are considering, they, they are, they are the ones telling you with their timeline. Yeah, but if their timeline is lacking two weeks and they're saying that you're 38 weeks when in reality... It's not lacking. That's just they're measuring it at that. So it's like, actually, the baby, at 40 weeks, the baby is actually 38 weeks. When they consider you 40 weeks, the baby's actually 38 Right, which is what I'm saying. started growing two weeks after your period. Yes, correct. But many doctors start saying that at 38 weeks, you're full term, when in reality, that 38 weeks is really only 36 weeks. True. Okay, now I get what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. And so like between 38 and 40, that's really crucial time. But the doctor's saying like, oh, you're full term at 38, so we can just go ahead and induce you or, you know, C-section or whatever But yeah, technically you are 36 or 36, 46. You might be 46. (laughs) 46. Megan, you might be 46. (laughs) Honestly, we don't know. Uh, No, I just know he's not in my pelvis yet. Like he hasn't dropped yet. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but that's why I'm just like, when he comes, he comes at 38 weeks doesn't really mean anything except for the fact that I'm at the end of the pregnancy. (laughs) Now things make so much sense to me. And now that someone Mm. actually explained that concept to me, I was like, okay, I get it because girls usually don't know when they ovulate. Mm -hmm. So that would be like really tricky for a doctor. Totally. But it's also frustrating when you go in as someone who does chart and you're like, right. No, 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 I know. And you're telling me my baby's too small and I'm telling you your due date is wrong. So, and then so like, what people, what, <laughs> what my friend was telling me when she was explaining, she was like, what I do is if I ovulate later, mm-hmm. I, t- I skew when they asked me, when was the last date of my period on my first appointment? I mm. skewed that date. Genius. I've just never gone back to an actual OBGYN. So, so she, she never. like says the date yeah. is what it, yeah. What it earlier or later? I don't know. I'm later. Later. Be later. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Genius. So. All right. Yeah. Pro Anyways. tip. <laughs> Pro tip, I guess. <laughs> oh, okay. Lord. So I was wearing the little Catholic earrings, um, yesterday at the conference and Mary's I mean, garden, the Mary's yes. garden ones, the ones you were obsessed with in France. Yes, I was wearing those. I got so many compliments. And let me tell you, for being (laughs) fully dressed from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m., my earlobes felt great. Like it literally didn't even feel like I was wearing anything. Um, They are like the unicorn of dangle earrings. It's wild. Yeah, (laughs) it's like they're almost just as light as like a stud. 
Yes. It's mind blowing. Yeah. So you guys need them. So many compliments. The little Catholic, you can use heck 20 for 20% off. And even if you're like, I don't know about that, just look them up. Okay. So you know what I'm talking about? Cause you're going to be like, wow, these are really luxurious. They look really great, but really they are super light. So yes, it's um, great. It's so good. Check them out. And you can find all the links for the little Catholic in our show notes as always. Okay. So we have like a lot, we're going to pretty much, this is like advice day. Okay. Cause we had a lot of text ins and mm. they're all actually like incredibly good. Um, but I wanted to talk about something. Okay. So <laughs> it's really not as serious as I'm like making it. Um, we had at least a handful of people call in concerned Megan that you are anemic. <laughs> Oh and my word. Low <laughs> on iron because of your eating ice comment. My so ice. let me just yeah. go over like what a few people said. Please and then, do. And then we can converse okay. about your issues. So <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure I've read about 50 of these same things in my DMs this past week, oh, but sure. let's, let's just go ahead and do it. Okay, so one girl said that this happened to her and she actually had the desire to lick rocks because mm. it's actually common Pica, when Pica, whatever I don't called. know, but your body's craving minerals when you're low on iron. So it's like you just want to lick rocks. And then <laughs> um another girl was like, I probably ate 30 pounds of Chick-fil-A ice when I was anemic with my second baby, mm. and IV iron resolved it super fast for me and my chiropractor. the chick-fil-a ice like whether you have even if you're like iron not not what is it proficient your your iron sufficient sufficient <laughs> i'm chewing i like i'm chewing that specific ice i'm not an ice chewer at all i've never been an ice chewer but the minute i finish my sun joy i'm chewing ice chewing that ice yeah that yeah. and sonic for sure okay and, co- okay. and cook out if you guys are in the south cookout is the same listen we know okay so megan are you an okay okay truth out i'm kidding um here's a couple of things because i've i've been like essentially copy and pasting the same message to you all over dms until i knew the emails were flooded with this as well first of all i love you guys thanks for looking out uh secondly i have always snacked on ice or chewed on gum like it's almost been a habit that i try like i obtained when i tried to fight the bad habit of chewing my nails like it was like this mm. weird like I don't know like I my this is weird but my mouth just needed to be busy I don't know um and then as far as like that's when I'm not pregnant when I hit 30 weeks I do actually crave ice like that is why you saw me buy a seven dollar plain snow cone at the football game on my story like I was like I need to be chewing on ice right now and How did that, I miss that oh my gosh that's <laughs> really funny <laughs> literally I, the lady looked at me so weird she was like uh you know you, she was like what flavor and I was like uh and Avery was like I didn't think you're gonna get one I thought you just wanted the ice and I was like can I just not get a flavor and she was like well you know you still have to pay for it and I was like yeah that's fine <laughs> and she was like 6.99 I was like <laughs> oh my god and it was I, like gone so quick because it's I hate college ice. oh I my gosh too. um <laughs> that's why you dropped out <laughs> yeah 
anyways, all that to be said, I do, I do crave it once I get to 30 weeks and this has happened in every pregnancy. Um, couple things, midwife is keeping tabs on my iron levels. So like no worries here. Cause I do know that it is associated with iron levels and anemia. Um, trimester matters as well. There's no other symptoms. The baby's healthy. It happens every pregnancy around 30 weeks for me, which is somewhat not a coincidence because this is also when your body experiences a normal drop of hemoglobin. And this is all super sciencey and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's stuff I learned because hello, I don't want to have anemia or iron issues or blood issues in general when I'm pregnant or about to be postpartum or, or um, any issues <laughs> or, you know, any, yeah, would be good. Um, it's a sign that your placenta is healthy and your blood's expanding. Well, it's also known as I'm probably going to say this wrong. Hemodilution, hemodilution and or homodulation. There's no a that word. It's like dilution, hemodilution and or (laughs) physiological anemia. However, if it dips too low, then you may still need extra iron. So it could be normal. It could, could mean I need extra iron. I have been craving foods that inhibit iron absorption, which is interesting. I've noticed this where like I'm craving eggs, I'm craving milk, um, tea, chai is tea. So I'm aware of that. And then I'm also focusing on foods that help iron absorption. So like strawberries, oranges, I eat like four clementines a day right now. Um, Leafy greens like spinach and kale, they have good iron in them in general anyways. So all that to say, I appreciate your guys' concerns. It is being kept tabs on. There's some fun facts for you as well about me and or blood in pregnancy. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, (laughs) I don't know. TBD, if I have anemia, I'm getting checked again this coming week when this comes out. So I'll keep you guys posted. (laughs) Until next week. (laughs) Until next week. Check back in to see about Megan's health issues. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, also wanted to mention, so my father listens to the podcast every week, shout out dad. And he sent me, he sent me an email with some notes of the podcast two weeks ago, I think it was, or no, last week. Um, and he, the one with like the gossipy friend and then the girl who it was, she was talking with like a friend and how to talk about like premarital sex Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bringing religion into it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said, one wonderful answer to the girl tired of her gossipy friend. He said, our, our one strategy that also works with casual acquaintances in public areas is to simply pivot. Pivot is the conversation. Pivot the conversation to a more substantial topic. That way, you don't have to get into a serious discussion or strategy. Just pivot. I was like, oh, love that mm. pivot. He said two diva cup. Well, those things didn't exist when you were texting me pictures of the right pant tampons and tabs to get when you were a teen, but I'm up to date now. Thanks. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Good. Glad to keep them well-rounded. I know. In the feminine product style. (laughs) He said three for the caller last week and others concerned about premarital sex. You might quick read to your audience the following advice from Dr. Laura who we we all like Dr. Laura. We love Dr. Laura. So Dr. Laura is a, is Jewish and she gives a lot of it. She get all her advice is like very rational, non-religious and based on research and experience. She's a psychiatrist. Um, and she said, 
trivializing something so incredible as sex is a mistake. A recent study finds that waiting for sex is linked to better communication and stability in a relationship. So for all you who laugh at the religiously orthodox types who barely touch fingers, much less kiss, what do they actually spend time doing? Actually getting to know one another. Having sex early in a relationship, the study reads, many lead to less satisfying marriages because couples can fail to develop important skills to communicate well and resolve conflicts. Mm. The study done at Brigham Young University, which is um, a Mormon university, uh, found that married couples who had delayed sex while they were dating are were more likely to communicate, enjoy sex, and have more stable marriages than those who had sex early on. They were also more genuinely satisfied with their marriages. Also, according to the study, people who quickly become intimate end up marrying even if they are incompatible because they become mm. a in relationship that becomes too difficult to end. This is especially true for women. It becomes mm. very complicated to leave a relationship when sex leads the relationship. Objectivity is lost. People shack up and make babies out of wedlock and all these things just start falling over each other until you realize you're stuck. And then you call me and say, what should I do? And I just have to shrug my shoulders. I love her. (laughs) (laughs) It's true though. I wrote an article in college too, talking about how like the non-religious argument for saving sex and just oxytocin in general, what it does to your brain and what it does to your decision-making and all these things. And it's just like, just don't do it. (laughs) God's genius when he designed you the way that he did. What would Megan do? (laughs) (laughs) eat ice okay eat ice no sex eat ice (laughs) okay but on the topic of dr laura okay Mm. so we had um we had uh someone text in okay so i'm gonna read it okay hi girls been binging all the episodes i've missed and hoping you can read this and maybe help i've been married for almost five years and have three young kids five two and one Yes. Unfortunately, your math on the conception would be correct. Before we were married, we had a child. I converted to Catholicism about six months after we were married. It was never convalidated, the marriage. Although my husband isn't Catholic, he attends mass with me and our children and is fully supportive of them being raised Catholic. All have been baptized and will continue to receive sacraments. Unfortunately, last year, my husband had a month of what would I consider emotional infidelity. He was inappropriately talking with a woman he had previously been intimate with. I think she means like intimate with prior to marriage. Um, And the communication was saying nothing in all caps, nothing nice about me, et cetera. I found out by seeing the messages and despite my humanity wanting to leave, I respect my vows and stayed. He has since made amends, has done the work, et cetera, to prove it was a one-time mistake. Unfortunately, it has derailed me and I cannot fully get over it. It's hindering my spiritual life as well as my connection with him, therefore affecting every part of my life, even a year later. Any advice, suggestions? Thanks, ladies. So, wow. Um, I, I literally can hear Dr. Laura in my mind on what she would say. You listen to her pretty much daily, so go for it. Yeah. So, like, I've heard 20 plus women call in with this almost identical story of my husband was emotionally cheating. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what's really interesting about men emotionally cheating is because men's usual instinct desire is for physical intimacy, not emotional intimacy. 
Okay. So that's like a really interesting sign when a man's looking for, um, emotional intimacy. And, and usually that's a sign that he's not feeling respected at home. Mm. And I've also heard dozens of these women call in and say that they were going through this scenario and they read Dr. Laura's book, which is called the care and feeding of husbands and help them get over it, move forward and make their marriage stronger on the other end. And I know that if Dr. Laura was responding to you right now, she would be saying that if you keep doing this, you're going to crumble your marriage. Yeah. She would say that because your husband has asked for forgiveness and you've said you've forgiven him. So now it's on you to follow through with your word and you're resenting him and holding against him for a year now. Right. And this is now your responsibility because you're the one that's deteriorating the marriage. Yes. You can say all day, well, it's because of him because he did this because, but like, did you, did you, um, did you forgive him or not? Yeah. Like it's very, you know, like you either did or you didn't. So clearly you didn't and you can't move on from it. And that's a problem because this is now in your court. And -hmm. I know that sounds harsh because it totally sucks that that happened. Absolutely. But there is a reason to why he was feeling like he wasn't getting his emotional needs met. And what is that reason? I don't know. I don't know what that reason is, but you have to read this book, get it on audible, pick it up, read it, whatever it takes, read it ASAP, because I know that this book has saved so many marriages. Yeah. And you have to act like, even if you don't fully feel on the inside, you've forgiven him, you have to act like it. Yeah. I was going to, that was going to be my thing. If you've said it, if he's asked for it and he's changed and like made it. She said he's done the work and made him. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And if he's done all of that and you said out loud, I forgive you, we can move on. I'm respecting my vows. I'm staying. Then yeah, you, you got to start. It's like the baby steps back to the actions that you start doing right now will eventually be genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah. Yeah. It's harsh. It sucks. Cause he should never have in the first place. And you could always you're gonna say have that, to, but- yeah, you're going to have to push down your pride, throw up, throw out your, you know, get, get your humility out. And you're going to have to decide to be the best wife Um, because the resentment is actually is pushing him away more. And guess what he feels? He feels helpless. He feels like, what? I don't know what else I can do. Right. Like you're- Because he can't go back and erase it. Yeah. You're punishing him every single day. Is that forgiveness? No. So you need a spiritual director, ASAP, call the church office, schedule an hour with your priest you trust literally after hearing this, call it and Mm -hmm. immediately right now go on Amazon and order the care and feeding of husbands because every single hour matters. This is the most important thing. And if you do not take responsibility, your kids that are five, two, and one, this will ruin their lives. It will. Yeah, no, it will. Yeah. Which I have a feeling she is aware of because she's Lost like, you. so wait, sorry, well, say that again. I was going to say, I have a feeling she's aware that the weight that this has on not just her and her marriage, but like her children as well, because she's just like advice, suggestions, help. Yeah. It's been a year. Like I need anything. So mm-hmm. take that and do something with it. Yeah. Sorry. That wasn't fluffy, but you know what you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> it was, a, it was a legit 
question in a serious topic and we had an answer to match hopefully. Yeah. So. Yeah. Call in, let us know. But, um, I'm, if, if you were on the phone with Dr. Laura, I think she would say too, um, when he comes home from work, have a, maybe like have, um, a fun date night planned or something and a little outfit that night or something like that. I feel like that's what Dr. Laura yeah. would say. And yeah like be the woman he married. Yeah. And even if it takes everything out of you to act like you are in love with him, do it, do it for the sake of your future. Well, and, and saying that I respect my vows, that's, that's you putting into action, you respecting your vows because right. they but haven't changed. Need, right. But now you need to respect him. Yeah. 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 That sucks. I'm sorry. Thanks for calling in though. And for asking yeah. to, well, you're not the only one. To, I'm oh, sure gosh, there's no. like hundreds, hundreds of women that are probably listening to this that have been mm -hmm. through this. So it's really crappy. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, here is another text in. Okay. So, okay. Hi, Megan CC. Would love to hear your thoughts on the situation. My boyfriend uses nicotine frequently throughout the day, usually by vaping or using Zen nicotine pouches. I hate the vape and he knows it, but I don't mind the Zen pouches as much. I'm not opposed to nicotine per se. I'm more concerned about the long-term health effects of heavy exposure to all the other chemicals that they throw in the vapes, etc. My boyfriend and I have been together for a year and we're planning to get engaged soon. He's used nicotine since college and I've told him that I will not marry him until he gives up his vape. He understands how I feel and he is planning to get a pipe instead, which I'm totally fine with, but excuse me, but he continues to use his vape with no sign of quitting. What are your thoughts on the situation? I want to find a way to encourage him to quit the vape, but it's not my job as his girlfriend to kick the habit for him. And I don't want to be overbearing. Nope. Red flag. I don't know how to like, <laughs> I don't know how to fluff this up either. Because in my head, if you are engaged, what was it? They are no. engaged. They're planning, no, no. To get, planning to get engaged soon. Okay. Planning to get engaged soon. You are just a boyfriend and girlfriend. He has a horrible habit that actually will detrimentally affect his health long-term. And you are going to choose to do life with this person who is putting his life and his health at risk who has no self this has not shown any self-discipline thus far or self-mastery thus far to kick this one bad habit and the amount of things that will continue to come up in marriage and parenting and whatever if he can't master his desires now like how I don't know to me that's a red flag that makes me nervous yeah I mean I would just re like keep restating the same statement mm -hmm. um you know just like just want to remind you you know um like we talked about nothing's changed I'm still you know asking that you don't do this before we get married so that means before engagement so like mm -hmm. I just want to be clear that things haven't changed on my end for that um it's just not really the lifestyle I want our children to be around and, um, I think I would also say like, it's actually like a really big turnoff for me and obviously yeah. I'm attracted to you, but when I see these things, um, I don't like them. 
and I don't need a reason why I just don't like them. Right. (laughs) So. Yeah. I wouldn't, I don't think I would worry too much about being overbearing. Like there's no, there's a difference between a nagging wife and a like girlfriend who has consistently stated something she is not going to accept in engagement. Like, I think there's a little bit of a difference there. Yeah. I would not and worry about also, reiterating that. You're right. And there's also a difference between being addicted and doing it in like a certain circumstance. So for instance, um, I mean, vaping to me is like off the table because I'm just like, are you 16 in, in high school yes. and driving yes. a blue Subaru? Like, are you driving a Subaru <laughs> and working at Sonic? Uh, I was going to say Sonic. Why did I think Sonic? Oh, that's not a good look for Sonic. Oh I'm just gosh. like, why are you a stoner right now? Yes. Even though like vaping doesn't equal stoner, but like, you that's know what, what I mean? I'm see. like, yeah. why are you shopping at Zoomies while you're an adult? Spencer's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so that's like just a personal thing. Patrick, he does zin, um, which is not my favorite thing, but he doesn't zin around me. He zins when he's deployed and all the guys zin when they're deployed. So um, to me, I'm like, I'd rather have zin than dip because dip, you have to spit and dip has, I think it's like dip has tobacco Ugh. in it and zin yeah. doesn't have tobacco. So it's like still nicotine pouches, but they're tobacco less. Okay. Um, I just want to say for everyone worried about me eating ice, let's worry about the people using nicotine pouches. <laughs> so, yeah, I actually have quite a few friends that work for Zen, which is very it's interesting. It's, yeah, it's just like I would small never world. have pegged you for that kind of gal. <laughs> well, they like work at corporate, you know, they work oh, in the corporate. Okay. So, like, I get the hookups. They're and business they actually- people. Yeah, they actually sent to the ship last deployment a ton of um like oh my gosh, you're enabling and like <laughs> Zen shirts and like oh my they, word. he gave them to like all his friends on the ship that like the made cool them. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well they call they call me that I have the Zen hookup. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, add that to your resume. So I'm not, I'm I he does not do it around me, which I'm grateful for, but I I think it's like a situational thing, you know, like you're with a bunch of dudes on a ship in the middle of the ocean. You probably, you're not going to put in a dip. You're just going to put in a zen. Right. So, but yeah, all a personal thing, but you have every, I mean, I, if, if you guys are already talking about engagement and that's on the table, then you, I think you do have the right to say something. Yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't worry about being overbearing either. So Mm -mm. Yeah. You also have to be willing, like, are you willing to not move forward? Is this a deal breaker? Good question. Yes, that is a good point. Uh, Yeah, I guess that's why my immediate thought was, nope, red flag. But I obviously have zero emotional or romantic intimacy with this other person. So I can easily jump in and say that. Um, Yeah, because like for me, Patrick used to dip, but he quit the habit um months before we even met right and if he would have dipped while we met that would have been a really big red flag and I would have not Mm -hmm. moved forward until he stopped because I think it's disgusting right well I'm just thinking of like any habits that Avery had 
prior to us getting married like the xbox or Mm -hmm. like just any of those like bro things that aren't great yeah and and i don't think there's ever been any girl ever who's been like oh yeah such a turn on when they're vaping or when they're doing xbox or whatever you know i just so i just think about those things and how he stopped them before we got married or before we had kids and how beautiful and fruitful and life-giving that's been for us and I can't imagine him still doing those things Mm -hmm. and so when I hear that it's like an issue already and you're talking about engagement on the table and future children are obviously coming to mind I'm just like "Mm, mm, red flag like I want him to have the desire to do that on his own I want him to yeah want to be better for you I would actually ask, like, come to a conversation very curious, like not making assumptions. It's like simply trying to understand like, hey, why haven't, or like, when were you planning on, or why haven't you, you know, I'm just trying to understand. I'm not trying to like belittle you. I just want to understand like why this hasn't been a priority when I've communicated it as a priority for me. Yeah. That's a really good way to say it actually. Mm -hmm. Like coming out with curiosity, not assumptions. Not assumptions that like he's being lazy or you right. know whatever. It's because I mean that's probably what. That's kind of what I situation. I'm like I would probably actually do that and it wouldn't go well. So yeah. <laughs> so now that we flush this out here, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's actually really good because it's gonna make him feel like crap. Which sometimes shaming does work public. I mean, not like, no, really not that I do it, but like, there's a reason why public shaming works in the culture. It's true. No, that's true. That's true. Especially we're reading the male brain and the female brain. And especially with guys, public shaming, and like being inferior or called out in public specifically by other men, but in general for guys, that is a very big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So here is, here's another, another text message. Um, Hey, Cece and Megan love listening to podcast and I've never left a voicemail before. So this is exciting. I'd like to remain anonymous. And my question is I've been married for exactly a month tomorrow. And I was a virgin when we got married, but sex is still pretty painful for me. And I'm wondering if this is normal. My husband is the best. He's so kind and gentle and willing to try anything, different positions, et cetera, but it's still uncomfortable, which makes me sad. I've gotten a pap smear and nothing medically is up. Is it normal a month into marriage? I feel like all the info online is not super helpful and I don't have many mar- mar- <laughs> I don't have <laughs> I don't have many married girlfriends. That alliteration got me many married girlfriends to chat with about this. So any advice you guys have is appreciated. Thanks so much. Yeah. I mean, I think if you were a virgin for however many years and, and actually, let me say this, I, this just popped up and you were raised knowing or being told that sex is bad, sex is bad, sex is bad, sex is bad. And then all of a sudden it's good. There's a physiological, like a emo- like mental part, like block that you're gonna have yes. to get through before your body actually accepts that it's a good thing, you know. True. So, mentally and physically, because yeah, well, in the mental game is huge for women. Like, yeah, like to this day, 
if I'm not in the right headspace, it's not going to go as well. (laughs) And it's like a thing Avery and I both know, like, okay, if Meg's not in the right headspace, let's get Meg in the right headspace. And like, let's have a conversation. Let's like dissect this and then proceed, you know, (laughs) because it's like, otherwise it's not going to go well. And you're only a month in. So yeah. And it has nothing to do about like you not loving your husband enough or anything Mm -mm. like that. Mm -mm. Um, Also, that's like normal, totally normal. Yeah. Um, Also, I've heard of pelvic floor therapy. I'm not sure if that's something you can, I've only really heard it a ton of like people had like postpartum. Yeah, postpartum, but I'm yeah. sure it's the same thing. Like, yep. I was gonna say if you're looking for like actual answers right now, or at least something beyond like fighting this mental block on your own, I would totally recommend checking out a pelvic floor therapist. I've not gone to see one in person yet. I am heavily considering it after a third pregnancy, but I've had a couple like uh FaceTimes with them and their knowledge on our pelvic floor and like how everything works and even things like the trauma it will gain after certain births and certain things and how it like sends off red flags to your brain when you're having sex later on like it's just there's a lot of layers to it that google's probably not going to break down for you especially for your specific body so yeah i recommend it it's you're not going to lose anything you know and also coming at it from a virgin because like no yes um you know so yeah I would just google pelvic floor therapist also I would not I would not like sleep on it I would just do it because like what are you waiting for you know like do both like yeah pelvic floor therapy can only benefit it's not Mm -hmm. going to you know make things delayed yeah Yeah. as long as they're not because there is there is like a little bit to maybe worry about they, they could, because they're a therapist and they're dealing with the pelvic floor, you just have to be aware that they're not like overworking the pelvic floor so that it becomes too tight. And then things like childbirth and all this stuff, there's like pros and cons, but you're not dealing with that yet. You're already not enjoying <laughs> sex. So I have a feeling that they'll be able to help you loosen and up. And they're not, they're not trying to tighten her up. They're trying. To I know, I know, but it's like all these exercises and stuff are involved in it. And so like, I don't want to be tightened up either postpartum. That's the last thing I want, which is not typically why people go to them postpartum. Typically they're loosey goosey or whatever. And they're like, help me. Um, I can't, I can't hold my pee in. That's like a big one. Can't jump on a trampoline. I can't like, no, that's not me. My problem is I'm always too tight, which is the same situation this girl is in. Um, But because it's a pelvic floor therapist, they're like, you just have to, it's the conversation that you have with them and then making sure like, okay, well, I didn't really vibe with that one. Like I'm, I don't trust that <laughs> or whatever. Um, but yeah, I feel like they're worth a shot. They have a lot of knowledge and information. And at the very least, maybe you'll feel like you walk away with some hope or some answers, which helps with that mental block. So yeah. And you can go with your husband too. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Okay, so we have a few more of these little fun advice hotlines, but do you want to tell us about all the things having to do with candle season as we enter the sacred season? (laughs) The sacred season? Oh (laughs) my gosh. Well, I was going to share about Pax Rosa because I'll frequently get DMs asking about what to gift friends who have gone through a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
there were a couple things that stood out to me that were gifts for us when we went through our miscarriage. Um, but Pax Rosa has this beautiful amber, jasmine, and poppy scented candle um, titled We Shall Find Our Little Ones Again Up Above by St. Zelie Martin. And it has this beautiful, like minimal illustration of Jesus holding a little baby up against his chest. And I'm just like, I never saw that one. Oh my gosh. The amount of times that I journaled, um, after we lost Charlie and just like really just sat in it and just like poured my heart out to Jesus and imagine having that candle just lit, like looking at it and stuff. I'm just like, Oh my gosh. So check out Pax Rosa. You can use code HECK one zero for 10% off your order. The candles are made with soy wax and they offer scented and unscented options. But like I said, um, this one is titled, we shall find our little ones up again, up above. Um, it's scented with amber, jasmine, and poppy. So it's really kind of like a luxurious scent. Um, great one to journal love, with. And love such a amber. sweet, I know me too. Um, and poppies are one of my favorite flowers. So Such a sweet, thoughtful, um, intentional gift for any of your friends or loved ones that have gone through miscarriage. And you can use code HECK10 for 10% off at Pax Rosa. All the links to them are in our show notes, show notes, (laughs) like (laughs) always. But, but yeah, how cute, like, I guess cute, but thoughtful to receive that in the mail as a surprise, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So let me see here. Okay. A little spicy. Um, spicy. <laughs> well, we don't think it's spicy, but others may infer otherwise. Um, oh no. <laughs> There's I like want- two topics that we talk about that I'm like, I know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm wondering if you have any book recommendations on NFP in the Catholic church. Mm. I know <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Not natural family planning for those who are new. Um, I know you guys have talked about the misconceptions of how NFP is supposed to be used, but I was wondering if you guys had any good books or other resources for starting conversations. I'm a married Catholic woman and in a woman's group of some other amazing Catholic women. We've talked about NFP before and, and we were all taught that NFP can be used just like birth control, you know? And so we can plan to have our family, we can plan our families out just whatever the way we want. And I wanted to talk about NFP in the way you guys have portrayed it, but I would just love to have more resources. I feel like I don't have the tools, not sure what to even say. Love the podcast. Thanks girls. Um, oof. Okay. So, um, number one, the biggest thing that like information isn't going to transform hearts. Um, it only helps once someone's like, there's a fertile ground, you know, to have Mm. that conversation on and the way to have that fertile ground is to, um, it is to talk about your own experience. So, um, I would talk about like the freedom how it's been brought to your marriage, like not telling them, but explaining your experience, like not a, don't like, you cannot go into it, assuming that they use NFP one way or the other. What you have to do is you have to go in saying like, this is what I learned. And once we didn't live that out in our marriage and we lived out NFP in this way, the, the way that I've become to find the most freedom in, in the way that I have 
come to believe the church actually um, means and and intends with NFP. It's brought this, it's changed my marriage in this way. It's brought this to our marriage. The freedom gives my husband and I this, you know, like the blessings and the graces that come X, Y, Z. So I think that's the best way because you're not assuming anything about them. Although you said you guys have had that conversation and that they do see it as birth control. It's not going to get anywhere. These people go on the defense because even if you don't even mention like them, people automatically take information and put it to themselves because they're insecure about the way that they, they feel, I don't know, like people just automatically assume things like you're trying to shake your finger, you know? Right. Right. Um, when that's not the case, because you also were taught the same way. Right. Right. So, um, I, and then, and then once I, once you would say your experience and what changed and how beautiful it's been for your marriage, then I would talk about, um, what was it? Pope Paul the sixth, uh, encyclical humanae vitae. Mm-hmm. He talks about the four grave reasons. That's Pope Paul the sixth, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, and you can just state them. And, um, one, one priest that I've heard talk about it, I think Father Ripperger did like a three-part series on marriage on YouTube. Yes, it's so good. So I would not send that though. No. Oh my do. gosh. No, 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 no. Yeah. Cause you probably won't be invited back if this is where your friends are at. <laughs> so uh, no, really though. Um, <laughs> because, because it's intense and mm-hmm. I find that Father Ripperger, although there's a lot of great things that he says, I think sometimes he can explain his opinions in a way that then sound like church doctrine, yes. which is just simply not true, right? True. Like True, true, true. Just because like you're an exorcist doesn't mean your opinions all then become church teaching. So yes. although he's greatly benefited the church and I do learn a lot listening to him, I would not recommend copying and pasting. I would recommend extracting the rhetoric and language around it that he uses in the conversation tied in post personal experience within the conversation. Yeah, no, that's such a good point, especially if these women think that NFP is just like a Catholic birth control, then you have to assume that they are not going to listen to Father Ripiger and like weigh the, pro- like, you know what I mean? Like they're going to just hear it and be like, he's also wagging his finger and condemning me to hell because it must be church teaching because of the way that he's speaking about it. And it's just like, no, which yeah. is why I think, it's telling to me that you're coming to us asking for our thoughts on how to talk about NFP in the Catholic church. When we've talked about the freedom we've both experienced in our marriages personally, and we've had callers call in and say like, wow, I didn't think you guys were legit until we tried it for ourselves. And we also experienced that same freedom and the beauty that comes with it. We've had so many callers call in with tears because it's just like changed their life. Right. And so I think that should be, like Cece said, like that's the forerunner. It's just your personal experience of the freedom, life, and just love, like pure love that comes from living out NFP in a very open, free Well, way. what we believe, the way the church intends it to be used. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not just a 
and I think just like yeah I think it's just like empathy because which I mean obviously not something I'm super great at but (laughs) like truly I believe the same thing and I was like not open to hearing it no you were kind of off I remember you texting me and being like excuse me wait what (laughs) yeah so like (laughs) you really yeah you really have to like explain you can't go out it you can't go you can't come to the conversation assuming you're on the defense yeah assuming that there's two sides you kind of just have to come right. and bring and your assume, story yeah like assuming that yeah yeah exactly I think that's I think that's good enough otherwise I'm gonna start talking in circles and just yeah well I was explore. gonna say I had a college girl come over the other day she's considering the catholic church like converting um, and she came over and she just wanted to ask questions about like Catholicism that she just wanted to see. I guess their non-Catholic or their non-denominational Christian church has like a mentor program where they get assigned different like couples who are further along in life mm-hmm. who are faithful Christians. And so she was asking the priest here, the Catholic priest here, if he had the if the Catholic church here had a similar setup. And my name got thrown in the basket. So she came over and we were just talking about the Catholic church and different things. And we started to talk about NFP. And she was like, I actually find this so intriguing, but I'm so curious because I never thought twice about it. Like I was just going to always do birth control, condoms, like whatever. Like I just, it's not something non-Catholics talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then I just started to share about how beautiful it is and all this stuff. And you could see in her face, like, as soon as I just said, you know what, I don't really, not that I don't care what preconceived assumptions she has about NFP, but it's not going to play a weight or a role in sharing how Avery and I do NFP and how beautiful and life-giving it's been. Because if I'm too worried about her assumptions in her head or how she views it, then I'm going to withhold or I'm going to attack. Yeah, you're going to withhold some beauty and truth. Yes. And so when I just said, you know what, I'm just going to share with her exactly how we've seen benefits in it, how it's changed our communication, how it's changed our marriage, how it's changed, you know, X, Y, Z. Then it became a conversation that was just totally open and free and she was receptive. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if that helps at all, but we'll both start talking. (laughs) I know no that was really good Megan that was really good seriously (laughs) okay um the next one so um let me see here hey gals hoping for this to stay anonymous buckle up this is long it's not super long so don't worry um here's a little context I work remotely and plan to stay at this job until my husband finishes up additional schooling next string because we need this stability and my manager's pretty flexible with my situation I have a one-year-old at home with me while I work here's what I'm dealing with my coworkers seem to really dislike me and I'm wondering how to navigate it navigate it confidently I know that I, like most people, probably have a work habit or two that others might find annoying, but I'm generally a con- I'm a kind individual. I work hard. I mostly stick to myself unless it's work-related or we do casually catching up as a group. Whenever we're catching up as a team, they never ask me how I'm doing. My mag- manager occasionally done, does, but that's it. And whenever I attempt to participate in the conversation, they all respect, respond with dead silence. It's been weeks of this. I usually wouldn't think much of it. 
But if other teammates share anything, they're fully engaged, asking a bunch of follow-up questions, and they seem genuinely excited to chat. I think I can pinpoint their shift in attitude back to social media. I was public on Instagram for a while, and one week all my coworkers followed me, including my manager. Big yikes. After talking it through with my husband, I decided to remove them with my remove them as my followers and turn my account on private because I want my professional personal life separate. I never mentioned this to them as I figured they get it. That being said, I know they all look through my profile where I'm openly Catholic and pro-life. They're the opposite self-proclaimed dog moms who are married in their late 20s and openly talk down on Christianity and speak negatively about kids. How would you recommend I navigate this situation? I don't necessarily feel the need to voice my frustration, but it is hard to be in this environment 24 seven, especially as I can spiral easily and am prone to being overly concerned with and consumed by what they're thinking of me. Just a note, I'm extremely careful not to share stories about my son unless I'm directly asked. I know that can really annoy people. Okay. So, um, few things totally was the Instagram thing. Great for you for putting it on private. Um, a big thing that it's going to take so much work on your part, but killing them with kindness is really the best way to go with this situation because Actually, someone said this at the conference. Um, There's a guy, a non-denominational man, who has started hundreds of businesses in Muslim areas, and they use the businesses to actually convert Muslims to Christians. Um, And they do so by, like, just loving people. And they don't, like, evangelize in a typical missionary way. But what they do is they just love their employees and they ask their employees for forgiveness and Mm. they, you know, support their families and they're great employers and they just love them and they show God's grace through the way they run their businesses and the way they interact. And people will then realize like there's something different about you and they'll ask like, why do you love me? You know? Yeah. And it's like, it's the love of Christ, you know? Yeah. Um, And so the, (laughs) what the biggest thing is he had said, he was like the biggest thing to kind of, um, make someone take a step back is say like along the lines of that's right. I am Christian and hold me to it. Like hold me to the actions Mm. that Christians would. So like they're buying in, you know? Yeah. Um, Like if it would ever happen to come up, just like, yeah, I am Christian and please hold me to my Christian values, you know, help me me hold hold it to, you know, because people know what those values are and you have to be willing to be called out. But, um, people then kind of feel like bought in a little bit more and like less on the, are you, I don't know, like combative side. Um, I will also say, because it doesn't seem like it's debilitating your ability to work, I don't think I would mention it to human resources unless you think you're being held out on a raise or a promotion or not being given responsibilities because of this. Mm. Um, You know, 
diversity in thought and diversity in cultural acceptance is unfortunately not something that's seen within corporate workspaces. Although they, you know, the culture or America spends $8 billion a year on diversity, equity, and inclusion training. Mm. Um, (laughs) Somehow diversity in thought is not included in that training. (laughs) Um, So wild, you know, would have guessed. So um, I would also like to say you're not alone in that. I was actually like researching a little bit in the past few weeks. And I came across a study and it said most employees, 66% say their company's commitment to diversity should include respect for a wide range of religious and political beliefs in and out of the workplace. By failing to provide these minimal protections, companies risk losing employee talent as nearly 42% of potential job seekers say they are much less likely to apply to work at a company whose work culture is hostile to the religious or political views. So you're not alone. Um, That's a really big chunk. Mm -hmm. Companies are there. You're not, you're not alone because companies retention is terrible right now in the corporate space because of their lack of diversity and inclusion of thought. So um, uh, I would say it's not, why is it off the table for you to find a new job? Like, yeah, I know you have a year left, but that's a year of your life. Like, You know, like, why is it off the table? There's so many jobs where you can work from home. It's not too late. You're not too far in. Yeah. Um, you can go to, uh, like a resource for you, um, would be, um, what is it called? The group? Hold on. I'm going to find you a website. 1792exchange.com. Okay. The 1792 exchange has a list of companies and they pretty much rate companies. I think it's like almost like a database and it shows the risk of being canceled or denied services based on your beliefs by a company. And um, anyways, that's a great resource to see companies that are going to apparently are going to be more accepting of different beliefs. Um, I would also like to say that when you talk about Catholicism, you have to talk about your faith as your culture instead of just your religion. So people immediately get thrown off and feel more sensitive when arguing back. If you're like, this is my culture, you know, like this isn't just a religion that I do on Sundays. Like Catholicism is a culture that Mm -hmm. I grew up in. Like, how can you argue with a culture? Like you, you know, people are so sensitive talking about other people's cultures, especially right now that people are less likely to jump on you for living your culture. True. I mean, it should be, that shouldn't even be like a, Hey, it's, I'm going to phrase this this way. Like it should be your yeah, like when I think of Judaism, I don't think of it as a religion. I think of it as a culture. Yes. Same, same. with like Muslims, like even just Muslim countries. I'm like, that's a culture, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. If, if we just like start shifting the way we talk about Christianity as and Catholicism specifically as a culture, I think people will be um they they will get 
frozen up. They won't know really what to say and how to argue with it. Yeah. Well, and you think too about Judaism, you, you can envision like the actions and the traditions of that culture. Mm -hmm. So can we start doing that? (laughs) You know, like, can we make this not something that we keep hidden in our homes or something that we, or, or something that we're just lazy to, and we just go to on Sunday because sometimes that's, that's the, Mm -hmm. that's where we're at. Mm -hmm. But I will say like, this is total BS because it's not like you're trying to bring Christianity into the workplace. True. You know, true, true. Like they've internally canceled you. That's what they've oh done. Oh my gosh, I cannot. <laughs> they really, they have. That's what. No, it's done. true. It's true. This is literally why I didn't want to work for anyone. <laughs> so it's- I would say finding a new job's not off the table, and I would actually encourage the search because it's going to give you a lot more freedom, even internally. True. Yeah. Because right now you feel stuck, and you don't have to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. I stand behind that. Okay. Last one. If you have the chance to read this, a question I thought of that I'd like to hear your feedback on is this at the beginning of the acquaintance to friend to possibly getting closer dating stage with someone, what would you guys say to someone who finds herself daydreaming a lot and trying to figure everything out, but deep down, you know, that it can be unhealthy and you don't want to miss just living in the present moment. And also not jumping the gun. I just want to let things run its course in God's time, if that makes sense. I would love to listen to more dating topics, especially for young people starting to date and maybe struggling with the balance of having fun and being serious. So let me say that one more time. Um, So acquaintance to friend to possibly like getting closer dating stage. What would you guys say to the girl who's like daydreaming and trying to like internally figure out a future with someone who like not even their boyfriend yet. I think she's thinking too much about it. Yeah. I also think you're thinking too much about thinking about it. Yeah. Like yeah. You know what and I mean? The like whole, the whole struggling with the balance of having fun and being serious. It's like, just, just live, just like, just see him, just hang out with him. You can think like, about them yeah. later on in the day and it's okay. Maybe romanticize it a little bit and be like, oh, it'd be really fun to do that with him someday. Or I'd love to see what his reaction would be if I wore this dress one day. Like, that's fine. Yeah. Who cares? It's the whole emotional chastity thing that screws people up. Oh, I only think that comes into play when you start picturing yourself being physically intimate with them where you're not actually able to be. Does that make sense? Like if you are dating or engaged and you're fantasizing about yeah. being physically intimate th- with them, like that's an emotional chastity. Well, it becomes synonymous with lust, right? I mean, yes. Agree. Yes. But like when people, this term emotional intimacy, it's like literally allowing girls not to get excited about a boy. I'm like, you are sucking the fun out of the whole thing. Yeah. Well, and then you end up with girls who are just like, I've got to discern this for the next three days. And it's like, yeah, go, just go hang out with him. Just go do something fun. Like you flirty, have fun, like do thing. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think, I think you're making it too complicated. I get it. You're daydreaming a lot. I mean, that's kind of fun. That's I, I I think it is part of the fun and it's innocent. It's one is totally innocent. And two, like, I think you're so worried about uh, what is like, this could err on the side of what's it called? Scrupulosity. Yes. Yes. And that's not good. 
Okay. Like if we're talking about innocent daydreaming and then scrupulosity where you're just like constantly internally like picking yourself apart for the sake of holiness or virtue, it's like just innocently daydream about a guy that you might like to date one day. (laughs) And it's, it's, there's a difference between like daydreaming, but also understanding reality and then daydreaming and then like making up the scenario in your head. That's actually not reality. So like, yes. There's one thing of being like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know. He looked at me and I'm like, what if I dated him? Like, what if we went to the yeah. dance together? Like, that's so fun. What would I wear? You know, yep. like, yep. would he pick me up? Wait, he's so cute, you know? And then there, there's another side of it, of being like, oh my gosh, he looked at me. Like, I, I think he's going to ask me out tomorrow. Like, if he yes. doesn't ask me out, my whole day's ruined. But like, like he looked at he me. Lo- yeah. yeah. Like, what is, is he talking to anyone else? Like, was that mm-hmm. just a look or was it a glare? Like, does he actually not like me? Does he hate me? Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. It's I'm, like this. I'm about to shit. shut off this recording right now. That's stressing me out. <laughs> no, really? I'm like that. Yeah. Those are different, right? They are different. <laughs> they are definitely different. One's innocent. One's toxic. <laughs> yep. Yep. Agreed. Well, this was and good. This was, this was good. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I was going to say, I just have a feeling she's, she airs on the side of innocent based on this. Totally. And I know you want to do things right, but like, also there, like, there's no, there's, there's no, no like, rules. Yeah. Specific roadmap map to like do this. It's kind of like shoots and ladders. You're like, I go that <laughs> one way, like, you know, <laughs> I also, the thing that keeps popping back up in spiritual direction for me is the importance of play and how God's first action in the world was like creative play. And mm-hmm. it's like, we forget, we get so strapped into like the black and the white and the rules and all this stuff that we like innocent daydreaming. Come on. That's like what God was doing when he was, you know, making the world, all these things and coming up with these animals and everything like that relax. I think you're good. Also, that's natural. I think I spent from like yes. 16 to 20. That was probably the biggest thing on my mind is just like, oh, he's here. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's fun. Yeah. So yeah. don't let it hinder. Eat you up. Yeah. Eat you alive. Eat don't you be alive. a fun sucker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the title. Don't just don't be a fun sucker. <laughs> no I'm kidding we'll come up with oh my gosh I was about to write it down I was like okay we're going with it <laughs> well thank you guys remember call in with your how you thought <laughs> babies were made okay that's yes. airing um next week but we record it uh Wednesday or Thursday so if you're listening to this Monday please call in the beginning of this week how you thought or were told babies were made the wildest craziest stories we did it for almost four years ago and we're gonna do it again so it was easily one of the most entertaining episodes to record so you have 48 hours call in (laughs) (laughs) please my cheeks hurt last time from from laughing so Thank you guys for tuning in. Check out our sponsors. Also, Patreon. It was so fun last time. If you guys don't know about Patreon, we meet the second Sunday of every month and we see the same faces of girls. And it's like you're just catching up. Almost feels like we were all in a sorority once. And then we have like monthly catch ups to see where we're all at, like checking in. And we talk about the most randomest topics and it's really fun. 
So um, all of our Patreon members donate whatever they want. And that donation is repetitive monthly. So anywhere from a dollar to whatever. Um, But we appreciate all of you. And we're just so grateful that we can, um, that our sponsors and Patreon members allow us to push this podcast out on a free platform for all of you. So thank you for listening and um, see you next week. See you next week. Bye, guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. (laughs) Thanks a ton for listening to the What in the Dang Heck podcast. We'd love to hear your What in the Dang Heck moments. So call our hotline at 312-775-2615. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a rate and review, share with your best friend, and might as well follow us on Instagram while you're at it.